If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Love Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Grant. In today's episode, we have a special guest who shares information on their credit repair business. Now, before we get started with the episode, please subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, Today, we have a very special guest on the podcast today. Um, I want you to do the honors of introducing yourself to the listeners. Uh, Hey, y'all. So my name is Irene Day. I am the owner of Hannah Financial. Um, my company is a credit repair company based in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, what do we do? We do credit repair, business credit building, tax prep. Um, I'm also a certified financial education instructor. And I be dropping game and talking shit on Twitter. That's what I do. All the time. <laughs> I see it. I love it. I love it. Um, That's what I do. So... Before we deep dive into your business and what you've been providing, right. uh, everyone, I want to take it back. So you went to, did you go to college? I did. So I'm, I'm old. I graduated high school in 2005, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't finish undergrad until 2016. Like I went in 2012, I decided like, I don't want to keep doing what I was doing. Like I was working to save a lot and it was, it was good money for just me. And it was the only job I had ever had. Like I had been working there since I was 17, but like some just clicked in my head and I'm like, I'm like, damn, I want more. So went to college, graduated in 2016. Um, couldn't find a job, which was crazy because like Ohio is not one of the places like a super competitive job market. Like, and I'm like, oh, well, if I go to this private school, like I'll definitely be in there. Couldn't find a job. So 2017, um, I officially launched my my business March of that year. And I, I just hit the ground running. Like July 7th, 2017 was my last day at my job and my 13th year anniversary. So you worked somewhere for 13 years mm-hmm. and then left to start your own business. No. Now, so now when you, when you left to start your own business, did you, your business was already running, correct? Yeah, but when I quit, I only had three active clients. So yeah. I had, um, I cashed out my 401k and I literally was just working my ass off like, marketing, talking to people. And I think that's what, that's what really like made me really, really take like credit education seriously because people don't like when you sell to them, like, especially like with service-based industry, like in a service-based industry. And when it comes to like stuff dealing with finances, it's a lot easier to get people to trust you and your brand. If you can like give them value, like let them educate them. You know what I'm saying? Versus, hey, I do credit repair, you need to sign up. It's like, I don't ever try to persuade people to sign up. Like, if anything, I try to put you up on game, like, how credit works, how credit repair works, like, why you need to get your shit together, what I went through um, as far as my credit journey. Like, I'm very transparent about that. So people respect that. And that really has been, like, the secret to my success. And a lot of people... um, like especially in service-based industries, they they really don't want to do do that extra work to really be 
masters of their craft. They just see, oh, I see this person making money doing this. So let me jump, let me jump in this lane and try to do this. And then when they're not successful, it's like, oh, well, like, why, why am I not successful? They want to beat themselves up about it. Like, you, you're not successful because you're you not doing the legwork. Like, it's, right. it's, it's easy to do, like, the internet money shit, but you got to do the legwork. And people don't want to do that. Like, it's a very, um, it's a very lost craft when yeah. it comes to businesses, especially service-based businesses these days. And I literally, I've been a worker my whole life. Like, so doing the work, like, ain't never been an issue for me. Yeah, that's that, what you said is so real because um, even with what I do, um, I always transparent. I was the guy that was um, posting the, the sales from my vending machine, you know, um, because I wanted people to, you know, for one, to know how, you know, real it was mm -hmm. um, and, you know, be transparent about this is what it looks like. Right. Um, and then as I'm continuing to be transparent and talk to people, give them game, um, then they, they kind of bought in. They kind of, you build this mm -hmm. trust um, versus me just hitting people up saying, hey, you need to get into the vending machine business. This yeah, is what nah, you can people, make. Nah. People got to see that social <laughs> proof. Like when you post, and I, I me particularly, I really don't like to post like money, like money stuff. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, I was stupid. I'll say that now. I was stupid. But the thing about it is like, <laughs> it's, it's like a double-edged sword because that's, that's what people buy. Like that's what people buy into. And it's like, if I was, if I was posting like a business credit business class or something like that, like you better believe I'm going to show you these bank statements to show I made over a hundred thousand dollars in the past 90 days. Like, but when it comes to like customers, some people really buy into that, but just being able to like, just be transparent and just really educate people on whatever it is, like your niche is, people I think are more drawn into that to sign up for your service over everything else. So what, what led you specifically to credit repair? So 2014, um, my grandpa died. He left me, it was a little over $70,000. My credit was shit, like, the worst of the worst like my credit scores was all in the 400s and we get some money we want to fix our credit what do we do we pay we pay off shit right so i paid off a little over thirty thousand dollars in debt august of 2014 and my middle score went up 12 points 12 points thirty thousand dollars you 30, paid on your stuff and it only went up 12 points 12 points so wow. i'm like something right so I had heard about credit repair and I start like doing research, like looking for people to help me out. And everybody that I was finding at the time was doing it under like an MLM and which is like multi-level marketing for y'all that don't know. And I'm asking them, I'm like, well, you selling somebody else's service. That's cool, whatever. But who do I talk to if I have questions? And, oh, you won't, you won't have questions? Bro, I just spent 30K and my credit score didn't go nowhere. Like I'm about to have all the <laughs> questions in the world. Like, what do you mean? So... I couldn't find nobody that like would assist me if I had questions. So I just started doing a bunch of research. Like I always been a figure up, figure it outer. Um, so I just do start doing a bunch of research on like consumer laws, credit score and stuff like that. And I repaired my credit. Then my coworkers is like, Irene, like help us do this. So now I'm fixing their credit, fixing friends credit, fixing family members credit. Um, and then and when I graduated, I started like really looking into like the legalities of credit repair. Like, 
you can't just wake up and decide, oh, I want to help people fix their credit. Like you have to have a license to do credit repair. You have to have a bond to do credit repair. You have to be in a state where credit repair is actually legal. Like if I lived in Georgia, I wouldn't legally be able to do credit repair. Um, people don't know that, but they see the, they see the dudes in the shiny shoots and be like, oh, let me have this person fix my credit. And it's like, they're running an illegal business according to their attorney general. So. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started doing that. And then when I did graduate from college, I had applied for an internal position that I definitely should have got, but the internal recruiter never called me because he hired one of his friends for the job. So the COO of Save a Lot, like, got word that basically that happened because I had met him before. Like the stores that I was at was like the top five stores, like the top five performance stores in the company. And it's like 3000 stores. So like he, he would come from St. Louis, like come and meet the management team, stuff like that. And if you ever meet me in person, I'm like a light bulb. Like <laughs> I stick out, I'm super vibrant. Um, so when my district manager called him to tell him like, yo, Irene, just graduated college like she applied for this job that she's more than qualified for and she has not heard anything from the internal recruiter it was like all hell broke loose so they ended up firing the recruiter but y'all firing him didn't give me a job like i'm still stuck slinging freight at store level with this private college degree and all this experience with the company so um i started having like real bad anxiety attacks at work and the last one I had was like this, I want to say middle of June. And that's when I, I decided I'm like, I'm over it. So I talked to my district manager. I told him that I did want to work until my anniversary date, which was July 7th. And that was it. That was my last day. Now, how confident were you in leaving and growing your business? Man, I was scared of shit. Like, I ain't gonna <laughs> lie. I was terrified. Like, if I could do it all over again, I definitely wouldn't have just quit the way that I quit. Um, even with giving them, like, three weeks notice, financially, I was not prepared. Um, but I, I know myself, and I'm one of them type of people, like, you gotta back me into a corner to make me fight. So, my me being backed into the corner was me leaving my job and not having no income. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, I mean, it, it is. So um, that put like extra fire <clears throat> under my ass to like go and do what I need to do. Um, but I definitely, doing it all over again, I probably would have just saved some money before I quit. But like being self-employed, especially having like pre-existing conditions, um, my health insurance is high as hell. Oh, so. Listen, I got, <laughs> I know what you're saying because I got fired from my job. That's what really made me go hard in my business. Right. I got fired from my job and then I tore my ACL. So <laughs> I was all at once all messed up. And um, like you said, health insurance costs a lot, all that yes. kind of stuff. But that backed me into a corner where I said, you know what? I got to go harder than what I've ever done. And uh, about two months after that, um, is when I got my big break. Like I already had my business, but I didn't have that it spot that was going to make it blow up. And immediately right after that, I got it. Um, right. But so, yeah, it, that moment came and said, listen, you, you got to go. <laughs> yeah. You either, you got to put up or shut up. And 
I honestly don't think if I would have stayed at Save a Lot and then like tried to do hand and financial like on the side, it just would have kept being a side business. Like I officially launched in 2017. 2018 was my first six figure year. Like I never would have been able to grow that fast, get my systems down, get my team trained. I wouldn't have been able to do none of that working 45 hours a week at Save a Lot Steel. So, so you you started so when you when you quit. You had three clients. Three, that was it. Where? How many clients do you have now? We just cracked 400 active clients uh, Tuesday of last week. So I think that we had like 427. Uh, congratulations to you on that. Cause that's amazing. Thanks. So was it was it a, a slow build? Was it like you know? Um, 2017 was definitely really hard to start scaling. Um. I found one, I didn't have a mentor. I think it's very important, like in business to have a mentor, like somebody that you can trust to like, make sure you don't make the same mistakes that they did. Um, I had found somebody that I thought was a mentor, but then I found out that he was a scam and I should have known that he was a scam because he was in Georgia doing credit repair. Um, <laughs> but dealing with him was like, was definitely a, a very important learning experience because it really made me take more seriously like the people that I deal with. And like, I feel like now I might be a little too guarded um, as far as like not dealing with people in the credit repair industry, but it's because I have literally, like I, it's like I'm always dealing with some stupid shit. So it's like, I enjoy not being accessible, running my business, taking care of my employees, taking care of my customers. And ever since I just kind of got tunnel vision and just really, stopped being accessible to people that did, didn't need to have access to me my business has literally taken off yeah and it allows you to focus a lot more mm -hmm. all the, the the moving parts and the unimportant stuff isn't there um, yep so what's a misconception about credit because you do personal and business credit or just mm -hmm. business credit? nope i do both so a uh, misconception about credit repair. People think, oh, because I got these items deleted that I don't owe this debt. The only thing that will stop you from owing a debt that you owe is if you include it in bankruptcy. That's it. Like legally, nothing has to be reported to your credit reports except for federal student loans when they're first dispersed. Um, and people think like, oh, well, if I just get it deleted, I don't owe it. Oh, I got this repossession deleted, so I don't still owe this $10,000 on this car. Like, no, nah, you, you still owe that. And I see a lot of people that do credit repair who are usually not licensed, not bonded, because there are very, like, as, as a legally operating credit repair business, there are things that I can and cannot say to you. Like, I cannot be like, hey, Marcus, if you sign up for service, I can guarantee you that I can remove this repossession. I can't guarantee any specific results to you. Um, I see people tell people like, oh, if you get it deleted, you won't have to pay it. And they use it as like, marketing and then when they run off with the $1,500 that you just pay them and then they come hand a financial and we tell you like what credit repair really is which is removing inaccurately reporting and unverifiable items from your credit report you want to look at me like I'm crazy um but it's it's quite a few misconceptions about like credit repair and what it is and I think because of so many people operating illegally in the credit repair space um, it's made people have like this negative connotation about credit repair. So that's why like integrity is always very important to me. Like today I officially got my, um, 
my accreditation confirmation from the Better Business Bureau. Like I'm always congratulations. I seen that. I want to say I seen that. Stay ahead of the game to show people like, no, this this is this is a real thing. Like, so that's yeah, that's what I do. And then on the business credit side, um, we help people like establish their business credit profiles, establish their business credit history, getting them funded for their business, uh, things things of that nature, repairing their business credit if they need it. But yeah. Yeah, you kind of, um, you gave me a little bit of advice that kind of helped me as far as, because, um, you know, I have a business and things like that. And I, right. I plan on, you know, getting business credit um, mm-hmm. and changing my address. Uh, yes. Which, you know, which will, from what I learned, will uh, help me with, with obtaining business credit. Because yeah, I, I heard that business credit is not easy to get. And it's it's a lot not. Of- and the reason why it's not is because one, personal credit is like, the whole personal credit system is like federally regulated, right? The business credit side is not. So like, there are no like laws, there are no like government backed loans. There is none of that on the business credit side. Like everything is business to business. So lenders are very funny and like real finicky about who they do business with. So like, I know some lenders, like if you are a home-based business or you used your home address to register your business, they won't extend credit to you. If you use, if your like if my uh, business email address, and I tell people all the time, like just because you are a small business, and I really don't even like the word small business, but just because you are a small business does not mean that you don't have to take the presentation of your business seriously. Like as a business owner, you should have a domain, like a website domain, you should have a professional email address. Like hannahfinancial at gmail.com is not a professional business email address. Like I've seen people be denied funding for not having professional email addresses. So like on the business credit side, they are definitely like really funny about um, doing business with real businesses. Like if you, if you don't look the way you're supposed to look on paper, like according to these lenders, you will be denied access to business credit. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's that's crazy. Um, but true, like I said, I, I've I've looked that up and seen like mm-hmm. and um things of that nature, and you know, hearing things from you kind of made me like, all right, let me make sure I'm, I'm crossing right. the T's and down my eyes on my business. Okay, that's very important. Now, how much, you know, I know that you you do a lot when it comes to helping people with their credit, but mm-hmm. how much does the person that's coming to you need to do? Um, credit repair is a team sport. So like when we, when I do my credit clarity calls, even when you, if you just sign up for service on, like on a website, your welcome letter tells you credit repair is a team sport. Um, coming into credit repair, like depending on what you need done, you need to be paying your bills on time. Um, if you have any like recent derogs, like say, what's this, May, if your credit card is reporting 30 days late in April, we don't take you as a client. Um, Cause if you can't pay the bills on time that do report to your credit, you're not going to pay our bill on time either. And that payment history is 35% of your score. So like, even if we do have success removing a ton of items, because you have a habit of not paying your bills on time, you're not going to see the score increases you want going through the credit repair process. And even though I can't guarantee you score increases, like I can't be like, Hey Marcus, if you sign up, I can guarantee a hundred point score increase people still come into credit repair because they want to help their credit score. So if you, um, 
Like if you are not paying your bills on time when we do your credit clarity call, I don't take you as a client. Um, if you don't have any open available credit, we tell you like you need to get some secure credit cards. Like you need to be building positive credit because even though we working on removing the negatives, your score still needs something positive to rebound off of in order for you to get the score increases that you want. So it's like, if you're not willing to do that, like if you're not willing to show up for the game, dressed and ready to go, don't sign up for credit repair. And I'm very, very transparent with that. Like my team members are very transparent with that um, because a lot of times people, they just wanna, oh, let me give you this $99 a month and then you work a miracle. I can't work a miracle without you working a miracle too, so. So I see you said that um, credit, you said credit cards is 35% of your? Your payment history, how you pay payment your history. Payment history. Yep. So how does, how does, Everything works together. So it's 35% for payment history. What are the other percentages that go into your credit score? 35% payment history, 30% um, credit utilization. So like what the balance is looking at like on your credit cards. Um, credit age, I think it's 15%. New inquiries, new credit, 10%. And what's the other one? I ain't did this FICO breakdown in a while. Um, oh, credit, credit, uh, credit mix. So basically credit mix is like installment accounts, which would be like your mortgage, car notes, student loans, anything you pay a fixed monthly rate on and then revolving accounts. So like your open credit cards, store cards, stuff like that. You need to have a mixture of both. <laughs> so what tips could someone, you know, if they're, let's say they don't go full credit repair, but you know, just need some tips on how to maintain their credit or, you know, increase um, their credit score? It's hard to give generic tips because everybody has different credit situations. So like some people might have maxed out credit cards. So like that's 30, that's 167 points in your score. So like my advice for them would be to pay your credit cards off. Um, somebody might have a lot of negative payment, like late payments and a payment history. My advice to you would be pay your bills on time. Um, but it's like, it's a, it's a collection of both. Like you need to make sure you keep your credit utilization under 10%. You need to make sure you paying your bills on time. Always. Um, you get in collection accounts in the mail. Don't ignore creditors. Like a lot of people think, oh, well, if it's at a collection agency, I don't have to pay it. 90% of judgments and wage garnishment orders are issued to third party collection agencies. Like if they could not legally collect on those debts, they will not be able to garnish their wages for those debts. So um, really just being proactive and like staying on top of your stuff. I think when it comes to like our finances, especially our credit, we don't want to talk about it. Um, we don't really want to tackle the problem head on. And a lot of times like a small problem now that we avoid it, that we just avoid it and keep putting it off, end up being a huge problem later down the line. So really just being aware of like what you got going on, um, being able to sit down and see like, yo, I need to tighten up in this area. I need to tighten up in that area. Like that's really going to be your best bet. Like once I, once I start really learning about how credit worked, um, being very transparent with myself, like I'm terrible with money. I'm very bad with money. Like my payment history on my credit reports is flawless because everything was on auto pay. But when it comes to like actually spending money, I blow through money like water. Like, <laughs> but that's something that I know about myself. Like I'm very self-aware when it comes to like 
my finances and stuff like that. So really just knowing the type of consumer that you are, prioritizing what needs to be prioritized and going from there. Like I tell people all the time, I can give you credit advice all day with no problem. But what I'm not doing is I'm not giving you advice on budgeting. I'm not giving you advice on how to manage your money because that's not, that's not my expertise. Like that's not something that I'm strong at. So just um, really just being self-aware, like knowing, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses and going from there. You know, one question I want to ask you that just came to my mind, because um, knowing that collection agencies are third party and they kind of, they, they technically, they, they buy your debt, correct? They do. Yep. Why can't you buy your own debt? You have to, you have, to have a license to, um, to be a, a debt collector. Like, I'll have people ask me like, hey, can you uh, call the collection agency and settle this debt? Mm-mm. Because debt collection, debt settlement, and credit repair are all three different things that require three different license types. Mm. Okay. I was always wondering like, how yeah. somebody just swoop in and just... Yeah. Buy your, your debt. So I mean, you passed up, like one moment. This person was this company had my account, yeah, and then no, I'm paying it, then it disappears. It's and a real thing. I'm it's good. I mean, because if you think about it, like if we lived in a society where you could just like run it up and then not pay for it, nobody would be making no money. Yeah, so, true. and the way that the chain works, like, so you had a charge off, you had a repossession that lender is supposed to issue you a 1099C, which is a cancellation of debt. Like anytime something is actually charged off, you're supposed to like, you're supposed to report that charge off amount. If they give you a tax document called a 1099C, you're supposed to report that on your taxes as taxable income. Mm. So the way that it works, like they'll charge off the debt, issue a 1099C and then sell the debt. And so the collection agency will literally buy the debt for, pennies on a dollar. Like, all right, you had a thousand dollar charge off. I bought it for $300 from Capital One. And now I'm trying to collect this thousand dollars from you. And if I can't collect this money from you, I'm going to go to the court and be like, Hey, I have the legal right to collect this debt from this person. And I've been trying to collect. They haven't been responding. You'll get summons. You'll get like a couple of court summons. You don't show up to court. Boom that company is issued the wage garnishment order and now your wages is being garnished for a thousand dollars. That is so crazy. It's a business for everything. For everything. <laughs> yes. For that everything. is crazy. That is crazy. Oh, wow. That's, that's crazy. So um, piggybacking off what you said as, as far as being transparent and self-aware about your, you know, habits with money, how important do you find financial literacy to be, especially in our community? I think it's extremely important. And being in the credit repair industry, one thing that I have learned, and I don't care what the studies show, because the studies don't do credit repair and have not serviced over 3,000 people in the past three years, um, it's not just us. Like, I honestly think financial illiteracy is more of a class issue and not necessarily a race issue. Um, and I say that because when I first started out, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of local clients. Like I didn't have a lot of clients in Ohio. I didn't have a lot of clients in Cleveland, but I was actually on my way to Atlanta and I met this guy on a plane. He was a wealth manager. Didn't even know that was a job. And it's funny that we talk about like, it's a, you can make money doing anything. He gets paid to tell rich people how to spend their money. 
<laughs> like that's his job. Like as a wealth manager, that's his job. So like the first, the first 10 clients, first 10 paying clients that I had like consistently in Cleveland from him was white dudes making six and seven figures a year. They couldn't make the moves that they wanted to make because they didn't have the credit to do it. And it's like the bank don't care how much money you got in the bank. Like if you, can, <clears throat> if you cannot prove on paper that you are credit worthy, they're not financing nothing for you. Like when we see these rappers like, oh, I cashed out on this, I cashed out on that. It's because they didn't have a choice but to cash out on it. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So it's, um, I think it's, it's really important, especially now because like stuff like COVID-19 is going on. Um, people is like going into forbearance with these mortgages. These people going into forbearance with these mortgages will never be able to get a mortgage again. And that, I'm happy you brought that up because that was one thing I wanted to ask. It was going yeah, to be a two never be able to How has the pandemic affected your business? And also what have you seen from- So we've actually, business has been great for us um, because of the pandemic. I think because people have been forced to sit at home and sit in their own shit. And what I mean by that is like people have been at home and have had have not been busy or like been able to keep busy doing stuff. So it's like they doing a lot of self reflecting. And usually when you have time to self reflect, you you want to you want to self fix. So we've had like we've been a lot busier than I expected to be, um, which is like a good thing and a bad thing. The bad thing is I also had to pull my team out of the office. So we've all been working from home. So my team hasn't had access to the income and phone lines. Um, but like we can still <coughs> service our clients like through the secure client portal and through email. But um, it's been like, it's definitely been great for business. But I've also been seeing a lot of people not be in a position to stay active clients because now I'm unemployed or like now I'm furloughed. Um, I also, I got a lot of mortgage partners and like real realtors that send me business, like people that are in the market to buy a house. Um, one, a lot of credit requirements went up for mortgage lending. And I've been told from like my MLOs that anybody that have been going into forbearance because of COVID-19, they will not be able to refinance and they will not be able to get a mortgage for at least like the next five years. Wow. Yeah. Like if a, if a lender that's backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac sees that you have a forbearance, a mortgage forbearance on your credit reports, they're not lending to you. So, so they don't even care that it's due to COVID. COVID. Mm -mm, not at all. And it's crazy because it really made me realize how like, like you see people on like social media talk about people living a paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. These major corporations are living paycheck to paycheck. Like, you mean to tell me y'all not getting rent or month or like mortgage payments for one month is like making y'all go bankrupt? That's, That's why. <laughs> yeah. I, I seen that. What, what, what company was it? I think it was like Cheesecake Factory. I, I, it's a whole bunch of them. Like, Cheesecake Factory <laughs> refused to pay rent. So I'm pretty sure whoever they're renting from, and people don't understand, like, like buying houses, like the mortgage industry on the residential side, it's like, all right, you're getting this little $1,100 a month. That's cool. The rent that they are collecting on the consumer 
the consumer side of rentals is insane. I know when I worked, um, when I worked at Save Light, our store, the last store I was at was in the shopping center. Our rent was $15,000 a month. Yeah. And that's one thing I've been thinking because I've spoken to a few people and was like, is commercial real estate going to take a real big hit where it might not be able to recover? I think it's going to recover only because our, the, the dollar is not backed by anything. Like the Federal Reserve can print, keep printing dollars until it, it ain't worth nothing, which is we, we're definitely going to see that. Like inflation is about to be through the roof very soon. Um, I think like commercial real estate is definitely going to take a hit, especially because COVID has forced us to adjust. And anytime you have to make adjustments, like you find another way to do something that you've always been doing a specific way is definitely going to be repercussions to that. And I feel like once we come out of COVID-19 and, <laughs> and everybody do get back to work, businesses are going to realize like, oh, this, this office we've been renting this $5,000 a month. I don't need to have this as an overhead expense. I can have people work from home, pay them a, a stipend to cover their internet and electricity and call it a day. So I think um, I think we definitely gonna see a huge swing in that, which is like a good thing and a bad thing is like, yeah, y'all don't have to pay for this office space, but you need to get out the house. Like, even if it's just for work, like I know so many people, especially like stay at home moms that are like, dude, I have been in here going crazy because I can't focus on work because I'm in the house, the kids is here. Like, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see um, on the residential real estate side, I don't think it's going to do like nothing super crazy because people will always need somewhere always to live. Yeah. yeah, we always going to need a roof over our head. But on a commercial side, I, I definitely think it's these next, um, this next like year, year and a half is definitely going to be very interesting to see like the major changes. So you, you mentioned earlier that you wish that you would have had a mentor, well, at least a good mentor when you started out. Yeah. Well, are you currently mentoring people now? No. Um, so I will eventually, but like right now I'm actively working like three days a week in my business. I don't want to mentor. And so I am completely out of the day-to-day -day operations in my business. And even then, like I'm real big on not people not having access to me. Like I don't do customer service in my business. Um, like, if you email the email on the website, like that goes to my customer service team. Um, even on my social media accounts, like all of the emails and stuff go to my VA or my customer service team. My peace of mind is extremely important to me. And I, th I think sometimes people, oh, you acting funny or you, and it has nothing to do with that. Like it has nothing to do with me feeling like I'm too good to interact with you or I'm too, I'm, I'm too big to, and it's like, no, it ain't got nothing to do with that. I have a business to run. I still got a family. Like I still have friends. Like I still got a whole life to live. So it's like, I'm going to do what works for me to keep my mental peace and to keep me running like as high capacity as I can. And I've learned the past two years that not being accessible to the people that I don't feel like immediately need to have access to me has been very beneficial with making sure that I stay productive the way that I need to be. Now, how do you navigate through that? Because, um, you know, we know that as Black entrepreneurs and Black business owners that sometimes there's 
a lot of extra weight on being that, you know, Mm -hmm. especially when you're working with people that look like you, that come from where you come from. There's the, I try to support a black business owner. This is why I don't do, you know, black business, things like that. Um, Like I said, how easy has it been to navigate through that, you know, when you take a step back from the customer service, like you said, they might feel like. I tell people all the time, like, when you sign up for my services, you're not signing up for me to repair your credit. You're signing up for services with Hannah Financial. I'm not an employee of Hannah Financial. So if you have a problem with dealing with the Hannah Financial team, then like, this is not the place for you. Because there is no, there's no amount of money that you can give me to make me step out of the systems and like what I have in place to service you the way that you want to be serviced or the way that you feel entitled to be serviced. And that's another thing with social media because like people see you like, oh, I can tweet you. I can see your pictures. I can see these videos you posted. They feel like they're entitled to have access to you. And it's like, you can DM Beyonce 50 times. She not reading your DMs. (laughs) Like she, she's very specific with like how she is consumed as a, as an artist. You can either stream my music, watch my videos, buy my concert tickets. That's it. Like, she don't really interact with people. She don't really do none of that. But it's like, you respect her craft because she's very good at what she does. So the energy that I'm not putting into checking my DMs and answering the same 50 questions. Hey, how do I sign up for credit repair? When the link is in my bio, it's all over my social media pages. Like, the energy that I'm not wasting there I'm putting into my business to make sure that I go above and beyond to be able to deliver for my clients. And your business has been doing amazing. Yeah. So it's amazing. like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm real, real big on that. And people can, they can take it how they want, but like what works for me works for me. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's very important to find out what works for you. And I think, especially as a black entrepreneur, like, we are so bad as consumers on the, like on the, as us. It's like, I feel like we are so hard on black businesses, but we'll go to Walmart and stand in these long ass lines and deal with these cashiers with these shitty ass attitudes and still go there every other day or however often people go to Walmart, like, and won't complain about nothing, but let a business, let a black business owner, like not open a DM or not respond to a DM people be going off and it's the craziest, it's the craziest thing to see. Cause it's like, why do y'all hold black business owners to these unrealistic expectations? Yeah, I, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and I think a big part is, um, when people know you own it, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're even more harsh, you know? So that's why, um, one thing that like, when I go to, you know, where I, well, my business, sometimes I don't tell the people that I own the business. I'm just, Hey, I'm just here to stock. Right. Like that. When you, when they know I own it, complaints might come that might've never been. You never would have said nothing. You know, if you, uh, if you request certain, mm-hmm. you know, certain things once they have that access. Yep. And, yeah, and I think people are very, very entitled, you know, very yep. entitled. And like you said, the, the gift and the curse of being the owner and being, visible is um you know people are able to connect with you so the people that really are invested and really want your support and mm-hmm. you know really want to work with you 
they they get that connection with you. They get to see you post. They get to see you talk. They get to see your journey and experience. Right. The downside is they get to see you, so they feel like they know you. They feel like you know there's something personal there when it's it's still business. You know, it's right. still business. And even I'm, my friends, like my friends, know <laughs> like if they DM me on social media, I be I open it, and you'll see red, and I won't respond. Like you have my cell phone number. Text me. Especially, and when I, I tell people all the time, I don't, I don't do the DMs. Like, I don't check my DMs. I get message requests every day. When I wake up in the morning, I delete them every day. Like, anything that you want to talk about, you can either book a credit clarity call with me, or you can sign up for service. And if there's anything outside of that, I, I just honestly don't feel like it's something that we need to talk about. Like, I'm not, I don't do free consultations, so I'm not about to answer 50 questions in my DMs at 4 o'clock in the morning. Like, you either are serious. You either are serious about your credit journey or you're not. And I don't do well with gray spaces. Like even in my personal life, like I'm either on or I'm off. Like I'm either in or I'm out. I'm not, I'm not one foot in, one foot out. And I'm the same way in business. Like you, you either a client or you're not. Like you either serious about getting your credit journey together or you're not. Um, and I go live a lot. Like I go live and I answer questions when I'm on live but like that's where it stops for me and I think as business owners it is very important that you set boundaries and you know what works for you like if I know like I me personally I know that being accessible to everybody is not in my best interest like it stressed me out it triggers my anxiety I'm not gonna be accessible you know I gotta work on that <laughs> I gotta work on that so much oh uh, because like I said all the attention came to me, you know, off of one tweet. And because I was so presentable, because I was so accessible and, you know, talking to everyone, that there does seem to be a sense of entitlement. Like, my DMs is crazy, and I try so hard to respond to people as much as I can. Mm -hmm. um, but if I don't respond, I get four or five messages from the same person. Yo, exactly. yo, yeah. what's up? Like on Twitter, you, you can't respond? You too yes. good to respond? On Twitter, I'm another black person. Right. On Twitter, if you don't, if I don't follow you back, you can't even DM me. And I wish that Instagram would do that, but instead it just go to the message request box. But like my links for everything, like how I want to interact with you are on my social media profiles in my bio. Like Let's Work is on my Instagram. It's on my Twitter. It's on my Facebook. Like you have the right as a business owner, I don't care what type of business you're doing, you have the right to set boundaries of how you want to interact with people. And I, I'm a firm believer that in business, I'm a firm believer that in personal life, I'm a firm believer that when dealing with family members, like nobody is entitled to deal with you the way that you don't feel is productive for you. Now, what do you, now what do you say to the people who say, yeah, I understand that, I respect that, but as someone from your community and we have been known to be behind um, and not given certain, you know, information, um, how can you charge us for information? How, why don't you want to just help us and see us do better because of what we're up against? Nobody owes you shit. I don't owe you shit. Like nobody owes you nothing. And I think we use the clutch or the crutch, like, Oh, like we from, we from the same hood or we, I don't have a family and friends discount. Like all my friends are signing for service, signed up for full service like everybody else. They have full access to my staff like everybody else. They get the same level of quality when it comes to service as everybody else. I'm not discounting that for you. 
um, I think I give a lot of free game, like, which is why I'm constantly going live, which is why I'm constantly posting like credit stuff that you need to know. Like I had a, a tweet go live, I mean, go viral in March about calling the Department of Education and requesting your refund be resent back to you if it got offset for student loans. Like I'm constantly giving free game and giving free value. And it's like, you can't, you're not entitled to what I don't want to give. And I feel like to balance that out, I do go above and beyond to give free game. But it's like, people will free you to death. And people will expect, people will expect free, free something from you and then go pay Karen or Becky for information. So it's like, no, I don't, I don't owe you shit. Like I give free game. And even if I didn't give free game, like everything that I've learned, like throughout the years about credit, I've either paid to learn, I've either put time into learning, like put effort into researching. I don't owe nobody that. And I think like, I see people like, oh, you know, you got to give back to the, to the community and the, 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 the. All of these people that feel like you need to be shake, rattle, and rolling for the community ain't doing shit for the community either. So it's like, how are you expecting or why do you expect me to go above and beyond and completely deplete the resources that I have or give you all of the game that I've put the time, effort, and money into learning for the community when you ain't doing shit for the community? Like, you can't expect from me what you're not willing to give. So... Yeah, like that's how I feel. I feel like I give more than more than enough free game. And if you don't want to pay for the extras, that's cool. But like you if I feel like it's an extra that you need to pay for, you're not getting it from me for free. I agree. Honestly, I I agree wholeheartedly. So do you have any other investments other than being in the credit repair business? So I own two rental properties. Um I just started getting or like trying to learn like about the whole stock thing. Um, and I try to save money. Like I literally have to hide money for myself because we talked about how I'm terrible with money management. <laughs> like I woke up this morning and transferred three thousand dollars to my savings account. Like, yeah, let me get this get this out of here. Um, so I don't spend it and then I'm trying to figure out what the hell I spent it on. So yeah, I got the the two rental properties and I I'm actually closing on the house, like I'm buying a house to move into so I can get out of this very expensive apartment that I live in. Um, but once I get that situated, I want to get at least two more rental properties by the end of the year. Um, yeah, you're definitely going to get that. The way you're moving, uh, how everything's been kind of working for you, you're definitely going to get that. It's um, weird because I tell people all the time, like, I've always been that person where it's like, if you need my help and you somebody that I rock with, I will literally drop whatever I got going on to help you out. And once I start being selfish with my time and my energy, my business literally took off. Um, and it's like, I'm, I'm just very self-aware, like what works for me, what does not work for me, how I want to interact with people, how I don't want to interact with people, um, who I feel like is giving the support that I give to them. And not even like in the same, not even in the same way, because I think in, in, and personal relationships and like just friend relationships, like everybody have different love languages. But if I feel like you're not showing up for me on no type of 
like no type of capacity whatsoever, you're not somebody that I can keep pouring my energy into. So once I really just start like looking at people like, is the energy that I give you reciprocated? And if it's not, I'm not dealing with you. It was so many people that I just had to let go. And once I let them people go, like I got divorced last year. Um, and once I just started letting people go that did not serve me or did not reciprocate the energy I was giving to them, shit took off. And it was, it was something that was hard personally for me to do, but I knew it had to be done for me to get to where I want to be. Well, I'm going to put some positive energy towards your way. Um, congratulations on your company getting accredited by BBB. Thank uh, you. Congratulations on closing on your house. Dude, the 14th. I cannot wait. Like, <laughs> Congratulations Thank on your company growing so much. And also just congratulations for the two rental properties that you're going to get by the end of the year. I appreciate right? you. I definitely, like I said, I told you, I never want to miss an opportunity to give someone their flowers. I've been following you for so long. I respect what you're doing. You, you know, not only do you educate, but you're also making me laugh. Um, you never forget <laughs> to, to. I tell to people all the time, like I'm a head case. Like people about <laughs> picture and they like, oh, she probably like this stuck up light skinned girl, and it's like oh, funny. You're funny, nah, bro. I'm about, to, I'm about to give you a run for your money. Let's go. <laughs> your personality is definitely um on point and, and that's one thing that i love about you is you are ceo of a, a very very successful company um you you know you provide a lot of knowledge and value um but you're also a person um you also never forget to be a person right and that you know that helps people who are looking to become entrepreneurs and business owners um because some might have trouble navigating and being able to turn mm -hmm. off or turn on where you're just like nah this is all me that's it um, and it's you know what we talked about this like before we start recording a podcast, like I could have been seeing seven figures in my business, like, but just because integrity is everything to me, like I like being able to go to sleep at night. Like I like not having to worry about like how dealing with this person who got a shady reputation for scamming people or dealing with this person. Like I like not having to deal with that type of shit. So it's like, all right, I, I take making $40,000 a month like over a hundred thousand dollars a month if I can keep it. Hey, don't even be throwing out forty thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like I'll take it. I'll I'll take the slow grind and being able to keep my integrity and being able to still give my employees bonuses like and still take care of my clients. I'll take the slow grind and my integrity over anything. And I've seen so many people in business like really lose themselves, lose their integrity, like lose their values for money and I like that's never that's never who I want to be so well so we're going to wrap up the interview um now where can everyone sign up for your credit repair so handlefinancial.com um you guys can schedule a credit clarity call with me you can sign up for my services there you can follow me on instagram at credit queen irene um, the, <laughs> the link for my services are in there as well. Um, I got a 90 day business credit challenge coming up starting June 1st. Registration for that is open right now. So um, just, just talk a little bit about that, that credit challenge. So what is the challenge? So usually my business credit services are $2,000. So I give you access to my business credit suite, which basically walks you through setting up your credit profiles the correct way, what vendors to use to start getting reporting payment history, 
um, walk you through building a four tier as a business credit, and then we get you funded. So the 90 day challenge, I'm basically walking y'all through the suite, like everything in the suite. Um, I got a bunch of additional vendors to give access to people um, that I usually sell for like top dollar. And I'll be doing um, biweekly calls, like coaching, coaching the group of what they need to do to make sure that they are in a position to be able to build their business credit profiles and business credit history the correct way to get them funded. And it's a 90 day challenge. Um, so I'll be in the, in the group active for 90 days, getting everybody together. Um, it's 149 to start. And yeah, we just, we're going to get it rolling. Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot for 149. Yeah. So I'm doing, um, I'm, the next challenge I'm doing is going to be in October and it's going to be $500 out the gate. Like if you ain't got $500, you're just not going to have a seat in the course. Um, this is my first group coaching. So I just wanted to make it really, really affordable to make sure as many people had access to it as possible. But um, that's just coming out the gate. Like in October, mm -mm, I ain't playing games. Like y'all definitely don't pay for this. <laughs> So, I, I, I can dig, I can dig. So where can they find you or uh, follow you at on Twitter? Oh, uh, what's my Instagram, I mean, my Twitter name? It's underscore Credit Queen. I just changed it. Um, but yeah, yep, underscore Credit Queen. That's me. I'm real bright and I'm cheesing real hard in my profile picture like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so listen, I, I appreciate you so much for taking the time out to, to talk to me. Uh, <laughs> Even the, the giving me the motivation, you know. <laughs> to, I'm telling to, to you, man, you just, you just got to get out and get that shit done. Like, I see so many people, they want to buy these courses. They want to buy this. They want to do that. Like, the most important thing that you could ever do when it comes to, like, your business or just anything you want to do is literally just getting up and doing that shit. Like, the most important thing. Like, yeah, the courses is important. Yeah, the, the trainings is important. But... What's more important than all of that is just getting up and getting that shit done. So when you told me like you was doing a podcast, at first it was funny because at first I saw you tweeting about it and I was like, I wonder if he gonna have me on there. And then when you DM me, I was like, hey, Marcus, what's up? <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I was laying in bed thinking about people I would want to have on a guest on the podcast. I'll tell you like three in the morning. And I was like, man, I gotta get this. Oh. I got to get this person for sure. Right. So, and he was one of the people, you know, like I said, it's, it's some people that I really um, respect and admire. And it's crazy, like, because this is the first time we ever got a chance to really talk. Right. But I've been following you. Um, I've been, you know, retweeting and respecting everything that you do. So I'm like, I got to get you on. And it's funny because, like, I think my Twitter is broke. Even when I do get DMs from the people that I follow back, I don't get notifications on my phone. Like, I literally just have to go to my DMs and, like, refresh to see if I got any new messages. So, like... When I saw you tweeting about the podcast, I'm like, I definitely follow Marcus. He definitely better shoot me a DM about this podcast. So like <laughs> every now and then I would just be checking my DMs like, oh, he ain't messaged me yet. And then when you messaged me, I was like, yeah, we about to go ahead and get on here real quick. Of course, of course, man. So again, man, I, I thank you for coming to, on the podcast. I'm always um, happy to to be able to do this. I'm happy to be able to talk to people that I respect. Um, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Everyone, if you're listening, please, if you're trying to build your credit, sign up. Um, I've seen results from her. Um, she's doing her thing. Um, and if you are looking to start your own business, man, just listen to this story. Um, as somebody who took control of their life, you know, took control of their success and 
Look at it now. $40,000 a month is slow grind. Listen, <laughs> slow grind, all right? I'm trying right. to, I'm, I'm doing like the, uh, I'm going to try to speed it up June 1st. Like I'm making a bunch of, bunch of business changes. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right. So that's going to wrap up today's episode of the podcast. Um, thank you for coming on and I'll see you again.